Hey everybody, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky and joining me for this episode is Carolina. Hey Carolina. And then we have Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Becky. And Heather. Hey, Heather. Hey, Becky. Um, so how's everyone? You're surviving the week? <laughs> I am. How about you? Yeah, you know, it's September's been a long month. Even though it's a short month, it feels like a long month. Um, I'm this is dropping on October 1st, so. I'm ready for spooky season and cooler weather. Right? Yeah. I'm ready for things to slow down. They've been, we've had a lot going on in the Owsley household, so. Um, but things aren't really going to slow down for you until like Thanksgiving. No, not even then. No, not even then. <laughs> My question is, does it even cool down in Florida? No. It does. A little. <laughs> We we Not get rid really. of we get rid of humidity, so it That's makes true. it feel feel cooler. In in January, yeah, there's like a week in January where we might get to seventies. <laughs> I would not be okay with that. I would not be okay uh -uh. with that. Um, I... I like snow. I you know I like yeah, we were seventy day. Um, so each week, uh, we do a term of the week. And so this week I picked the term erotica because I recently read a book by an author that is really trying very hard to say that they're writing romance and it's fine. There feels like an HFN, but if you take the sex parts out of the book, there is nothing there. And I don't think that people realize that that's the difference between a romance and erotica. So according to um, literary guides, the, rom the erotic genre of romance novels are stories written about development of romantic relationships through sexual interactions. So this is going to be strong in the physical. The sex is an inherent part of the story. It has to do, it helps with character growth and the development of the relationship. And it's really based on those physical activities of sex. And you could not remove those parts without damaging the storyline. The sex will be the most important thing within the story and the plot. Without the physical connection and the acts, the story does not work. And I think that when we have people that are like, I read smut, which we all know how we feel about oh. that word. This oh. is what they want. Because if you look at our favorite authors, so let's take Sawyer Bennett, because we've all read Sawyer Bennett stuff. Mm -hmm. And she has some steamy sex scenes, right? She wrote the Wicked Horse series. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. But there is still character development. There's still a storyline that takes place outside of the sexual acts. Stacy Kennedy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is there's and a sex cl club, but it, there is story. Yeah. And to be fair, there is a place for erotica. And if that's what you want, then that's great. 
Well, and we I, what was the, what's the series the ABC series? Oh yeah, Lila Dubois. Yeah. I consider that more erotica. It is than, th- those are erotica, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Than romance. Yeah, we often term those as porn without plot. Often erotica is going to have the feel of a happily for now versus a happily ever after. Because they didn't build anything but orgasms. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying there's anything. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no. there's nothing wrong with orgasms. We often reach for the porn without plot, right? Like we sometimes just want the dirty, steamy book, right? Yeah, Um, especially for a palate cleanser. Yeah, if you're coming off of like a really hard, um, like emotionally in-depth romance, or you're coming off of even like something like a primal kink mafia romance that had lots of back and forth and lots of buildup, sometimes you need to read, you know, Q is for by L. Du Bois so that mm-hmm. I can think about something else for a while. Yeah, right. if you read something heavy like really emotional Mm -hmm. you are going to maybe not not like it's not lighthearted, but it's like dirty and just you know and they're not always long you know no and I do think that you can have sex heavy romances but there has to be more to the story it has to be about the connections and about the relationships and that's why giving a term like smut to any romance that has an open door romantic sexual scene in it does a disservice to the authors that write mm-hmm. them. Cause yeah. we're go ahead. I'm just agreeing. We I, I was going to say 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I thought you guys had something else to say. Um, so I think that it's important that for the purpose of, understanding expectations that if you are somebody who uses the word smut and you're like, I read all the smut, that's great. But you kind of need to understand that by saying that likely people who have been in the genre for five plus years that we've been reading it, we're going to give you more erotic stories than we're giving you spicy romances. Well, and if you also notice that there's a lot, not all, but a lot of the people who talk about the smut want the spicy romance. They actually don't want the erotica. Right. And their smut is not as spicy as we know we can, our group can get. Right. So it's, it's, it's using the term incorrectly as well. Like they're embracing this term, but using it incorrectly. They absolutely are. I had saw a TikTok earlier this week where someone used the word smut in talking about Alyssa K. Andrews, the bromance book club. And I'm like, those don't even get a, those are like bell pepper. Those are like the sweet peppers you put on the veggie tray. Like you can buy that at Target, I'm pretty sure. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Which- I also bought like 50 shades of gray and Maya Banks. Yeah. We see those. Those are available in retailers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just thought it was a good opportunity to, um, 
kind of let people know what the difference is in the words that you're using. So if you really want smut and you embrace the spicy, sexy, over-the-top, sexy books, then say you want to read erotica. Because... And then you can search for it now on your Kindle. Yeah. We're also welcome. We added more books to your list. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay, so, but that is not what we're here to talk about. We are not talking about erotica this episode. (laughs) But we can on another episode. Um, We might still at some point, somehow. I'm sure. We might have to. (laughs) Something might happen. Um, But on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are talking about TBR exhaustion and reader review burnout. Because this has been a struggle this year. It has. Serious. For sure. I came into 2023 in a slump. I was really, by the time we hit the end of January, I really wasn't sure how this year was going to go for me. Like books, some books were working, some books were missing, I was in my dark era and so there for a while I thought oh this is just because I'm reading a lot of dark stuff I need to change it up but then when I left the dark area that like nothing was working right like things were not working um but then I started thinking about why things weren't working and now I have Mm -hmm. thoughts um and actually Amanda this was your idea of an episode so I have to assume you have some TBR exhaustion I do. Um, I think a lot of it plays into arcs and reading things that I was not in the mood for. Um, And then just my mood has been really off since probably maybe the August. August. So, and then, you know, then you have to start like wondering why. And then of course, like all the things come up to talk about. So yeah. And, And I feel like a lot of other people in the community were having the same problem. So I thought it would be a good idea to talk about it. Yeah. So Carolina, are you having some TBR exhaustion review burnout? I know that you've stepped back quite a bit from your social media presence. Uh, yeah. And it's not for a lack of not wanting to be there um, because I want to, there's just, there's a lot in life going on um, with work and with, travel I mean I'm very fortunate that my current job is I work remote and I can work from anywhere so I spent a month with my parents in San Diego um and because of things like that we spent two weeks with my husband's family um we've we've had other stuff going on that it's just I've there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so much I can do. And sadly, like I have all, I have this long list of post ideas that I just need to create graphics for and be ready to go. But I just, I don't have time for that. Um, I literally do not have time in the day if I want to sleep. Um, and so I've, I've pulled back from I keep hoping like, oh, the next week. Okay. No, it's not this week. I'll get it next week. Okay. Oh, no, not this week. I'll get it. I'll get to it next week. And it just, that hasn't come about yet. Um, And then I've also pulled back from ARCs as well. Um, Just needing breathing room in my schedule and, and 
reading based on mood now. Just, I can't, I can't commit to, I have a few commitments. I haven't pulled back like completely. There's a few that I do um, because I have no patience to wait for the books on a few <laughs> authors. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, a, in that sense, um, it's been rough because yeah. it's hard because I'm like, I, I miss everybody. And I, like, you'll see me in stories more often lately, or mostly because that's what I have time to do. Right. Because it's quick and easy. Heather, mm -hmm. I would have to say, I think between the four of us that are here, mm -hmm. you are the one that is probably doing more arc reading than the rest of us. Yeah, so I actually just pulled up my Google sheet um, and I am at 57 arcs here, um, wow. which is a lot. You've done 57 um, this year? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't think I've done that many. So far, since January, um, I'm slated right now to have 71, so I feel like I need to... Um, yeah. You're exhausting me just listening to that number. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's what kind of what Carolina said. Like I'm impatient. There are certain authors that I cannot wait for. I just, I have zero chill. I think at the height of starting the blog and, you know, mid mid 2020, even going into 2021, mm -hmm. I was having three to four arcs a week. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, like I was reading to review to the next arc, read, review, re like I had a whole system. Um, and then, you know, plus on top of it, we as the podcast were as 2021, you know, came and we were developing buzzing about romance into what it is. We were doing a lot more like author interview episodes. So I had more space and time to read those arcs. And a lot of times the author coming on would have an, it would be in conjunction with a release. Um, so then I was getting even more arcs. And I think it was like towards the end of 2022, somebody said to me that they were slowing down on arcs because they were taking less unless they loved the author. Or if the author, if that book was going to be in Kindle Unlimited, they weren't taking it because then they mm -hmm. could just read it when it came out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that and I thought, hmm, then I, there were like some, what I thought were must be arc teams, like in mid 2022, like I started applying for tons of arc teams. Cause then I could, I would have, I wouldn't have to work through the PR promotional companies, right? Like if you're on an arc team, that takes away some of that stress, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, though. Because I think it depends on the ARC team. Then you get oh, these ARC teams that the, they want three to four posts about every mm -hmm. book. They want a reel or a TikTok. And then they want a written review on not just Goodreads, but it has to go to Amazon. And the demands. They're insane. I haven't been on any ARC teams with that situation, but I've had that happen with PR firms. So... But luckily, I'm not on any ARC teams that require that. Um, I am on a few ARC teams, and I will not, I don't post to Amazon unless I actually check out the book. 
from Kindle Unlimited um, because I, it's just, I have this moral, like I pay for my Amazon account. I review a lot of stuff on Amazon because I value rating reviews. Um, and so I, I don't know. I have this, I pay for it. I don't want to take it away. Um, and I know you're giving me an arc, but I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't jive for me. Well, and one of the things that I struggle with is the amount of free labor authors and PR firms demand for a $4.99 ebook. Like, 100%. It's $4.99. I make way more than that per hour. And it took me probably four hours to read your book. I'm not doing all that extra work for you. That's bullshit. Right. I think when it comes to reviews, um, I, I, I see it as, okay, if I'm getting a book in advance, an advanced copy, then in exchange, I will read it and post my review. Like, mm-hmm once as as soon as I can, like as soon as the platforms will allow me, right? Um, For Amazon, if I haven't physically purchased the book, then it has to be the day that of the release. I don't, um, I don't have the same issue that or that Heather does. Um, Like that doesn't bother me so much. Like I get it, people want, Mm -hmm. and that's the marketer in me. (laughs) Because you know, that's my career, like Mm -hmm. you're trying to get those reviews. And sometimes, you know, people have to, you know, those are things that you have to do in exchange for those reviews. Um, so that doesn't bother me so much, but that that's the minimum. If I go above and beyond that to help promote, then that's something different. And either I'm doing it because I'm very passionate about the book or the author. Um, but otherwise, like, I, I feel like those demands are pretty, pretty kind of crazy right like I write a review I post to my Instagram I post on the blog I do Goodreads and I do BookBub like that that's four places that's a lot well and also the demand for all of my links to where I posted my review are you fucking kidding me because I told you in that sign up where you could find me go look Okay. Go look. But on the flip side, on the flip Uh side, like, again, marketer hat on. I'm playing devil's advocate here. You have an author or a PR person having to look for potentially 100 reviews and confirm that people posted But they're being paid. Uh But the PR marketing company is being paid for that work, Right. They're being paid to give those review links to the author or pull the editorial reviews, right? Or a PA is paid to do that. The author is making money because I gave a good review. Potentially, they have this now has the chance to sell more books because I made these reviews in these posts. They're making money. My review's not. So free labor. I, so the, honestly, the review links, like I have a system. It doesn't super bother me. Um, whatever. Like that isn't, yeah. um, 
My thing for me, the thing that drains me the most is actually the drama in the book world. Lately, that's what I think yeah. since August, that's really, I have shut down. Um, I don't scroll through Instagram much anymore. I'm, I just shut down because I'm being frank, it shit, shit pissed me off. There's a lot of shit and we'll get to that because there's some things we got to talk about there. Um, okay, let me ask. I, I have a question. Just a cu- curiosity for everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you are looking, considering a book, mm-hmm. and you want to see what other people are saying about the book, you want other people's review, like look at people's. Oops, no, Carolina. Um, oh, we lost you. That's okay. Um, so, reviews could be different scenarios. You're interested in the book, don't know how to purchase it. Oh. Yeah, and now we lost Carolina. Oops. That's okay. I think what Carolina is okay. asking. Go ahead, Carolina. Okay. Sorry. So, um, my question is, if you're interested in a book, and but you want to see people's reviews to see if you want to read it, something about the book makes you question it, or if you're interested, can't decide to read it or not, you want to look at reviews, where do you go? Which platform? What's the first platform you go to to look at reviews? You're, you don't have anything open on the phone. You heard about a book somewhere in a text thread. Goodreads. What's the first platform you go to look Goodreads. for reviews? Goodreads. 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 Same. Goodreads. Oh my God. I'm embarrassed to tell you, but I think it's Amazon. No, I think that that's no, no, fair. No. That's fair. I also will tell you that um, if I'm on the fence about a book and I want to figure it out, I do look at those one and two star reviews. Yeah. I rarely believe five star reviews. And I will not look at a five or a four star review in the first 10 days of a book's oh. release. Um, I do not believe them if the date of the review is either before or in line with um, the release. Like it has to be dated. The review needs to be dated at least three to four days after the release. Because that's their arc team. And how many ARC team signups have we seen lately where the author demands a five-star review? I saw a rejection from Candy Steiner's, somebody who applied for Candy Steiner's ARC team. It says, we don't want you to lie, but if you can't give every book of mine five stars, then maybe we're not the team for you. Oh. Wow. Oh. So how many ARC readers are feeling like they can give honest and fair feedback without fear of retaliation because this is a conversation that happened over on tiktok recently where authors again coming into reviewer spaces and going after reviewers for low score low score scores i haven't had that happen on any Mm -hmm. teams yet i mean i've had people ask not to post until a week after if you're going to give it less than a four and i think Um, that's respectful i think that i think i think a week is a little long honestly because if i purchase the book on tuesday i read pretty fast i can have it done thursday friday that makes sense i haven't seen a four star i've seen three star which i I also, I think it's everybody's star ratings system is 
They're all different. We all feel differently. Think three, like I would, I would recommend a three star book to someone. I, I mean, so yeah. Well, um, and and here's the other thing too is that not only my rating system has changed throughout my reading, like mm-hmm. in the respects Same. of like what I classify a five star book. I've reread books that I read when I first really started reading romance like voraciously reading romance and I'm like okay my my reading because I've read more books now like my reading has evolved and grown and so reading styles and author writing styles I see different things now so what used to be a five-star read because I didn't read a lot of the romance so it was a lot of things were five star to me because they were all new and good. And mm-hmm. now I've read a lot more. So I have more books to compare it to going, okay, that's not a five star. So as you read more and are exposed to more authors and more books, um, I think people, well, I can only speak for myself that it's, I become more critical. I also think it's easier to be more critical when you're not taking an arc. When my money's in play in a book, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's easier to be more critical. In an arc, I feel like there's an expectation that I have to hype this up. You know, even if the book's really a three-star book, I need to give it that four-star because this author trusted me to help with their marketing release, the plan of the excitement of their book. Um, So that's one... uh so the other element that I discovered and one of the other big reasons that I've pulled back from arcs besides time is that I was doing so many, there was a point where I was reading, doing like 10 to 15 arcs a month. And so I was reading on this like ridiculous schedule. And so I would have to read a book within two to three days. And that's pretty fast for me. Like not crazy fat just in in the respects of like you know I'm working full-time during the day and I have to read this book between two work nights that unless I'm like really into it that's pretty fast and so you're speed reading through this book and I like to savor my books and enjoy them I I'm, I'm a moderate in speed reading like I'm not a super fast reader, but I'm not a super slow reader either, right? So I'm in the middle. And I noticed that because I'm trying to rush and finish the book, that impacts my reading experience as well. And the review. And and therefore the review, right? That is true. It puts an expectation on you that may make you not enjoy a book you might have enjoyed if you just read it when you felt like it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you do feel some like guilt if you have to like reach out and say, like, I just didn't, this book wasn't for me. Yeah. I would agree. So, so back to kind of what could be causing, we all know that I, I think we all can agree that some of our art commitments caused some of our TBR and reading exhaustion. Um, and some of the burnout feelings, I think, come from that, too. Um, but I would agree. Do you also think that some of the viral sensations that are happening in and around our books 
plays into this TBR exhaustion, this burnout feel that you are you like do you do you ever look at it and think okay I'm gonna read these books and then someone's talking about this book over here and there's a little bit of like oh am I missing out on a really great book but I really need to get through these books before I can read that one I don't even believe the hype anymore okay I actually see those books and I think "Mm, I actually don't want to read that because I have a feeling it's not as great as everyone says it is I had, when I first got on social media for books, I had that feeling all the time. I was like, oh, I'm missing this book. I need Mm -hmm. to read this book. And then maybe six months into it, I was like, no, I don't think so. And then now if a book gets overhyped, I will purposely not read it. Like I have this perverse sense of like, okay, no, I'm not going to read that right now. Um, A lot of, just because mostly I've been disappointed Um, I had a book on my TBR a couple of weeks ago and I was texting a friend about it and all of a sudden I saw it all over Instagram and I was like taking it off yeah yeah it almost it's like it feels like if everyone is talking about it so much that you know it's just not going to be worth the hype well and then I start to feel like how much did that author buy and pay for all those promo placements Like, exactly. (laughs) Like, is this real? And part of it goes into that whole, like, some of the scandals that have happened out of social media and realizing that lots of influencers are not putting paid promotion on their book reviews. And so, you know, we don't know if this, if they really liked that book or if they were paid to say they liked that book. First of all, they don't even read the books. They don't. That is what ticks me off literally the most. They, these influencers get these beautiful book boxes and and they stand up and they talk about like all this cute stuff, but then they never, ever talk about the content on the book. And I'm like, you clearly didn't even read this book. I cannot be the only person that sees that. No, you're not. You're not. And I think another part of it too is, you know, it's just, then you feel like, well, if I read it, no one's going to care what I have to say about it because everyone's paying attention to all of these other people who aren't even reading the book. And it's not like I need people to pay attention to what I'm saying, but if I really like a book, I want, I want somebody to hear it, you know, or if I didn't like it, you know, I'm, I'm not blasting it out on social media, but it's, I don't know. There's a little bit of that in there for me, too, I think. I actually read the started reading the series. There was like one or two books and I love the series. And then like the third book, the author sent. Of people that had never read her books before. And it ticked me off so much. I didn't even read a book. I was like, I'm not going to read it. Not even going to read it. And I didn't. I, I will, Not that it matters to her. No, it doesn't no. matter to the author. I, I get very frustrated with social media and the influencers, particularly the ones that get the mountains of book mail and just nonchalantly like, oh, look what I got in the mail, a paperback. Oh, I think this book might be on my Kindle. I, I think maybe I'll, I'll read it. It's on my TBR. While we have done promotional work, for those authors, like we've had happy hours at no cost to the author. And 
we have had situations where we've done a happy hour for an author. They would not even give us an e-arc. Like, I've been told, oh, well, it comes out this date and yours isn't until this date. You can grab it out of Kindle Unlimited. Like, I've had to fight for, like, advanced copies of books when we're having an author on an episode or doing a happy hour with them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's, no. So, um, but these same authors are sending out masses amounts of paperbacks through their PR company. And it's like, really? It just doesn't make me want to do anything for you anymore. Yeah, the authors that consistently everyone's posts or comment on your posts, like, thanks so much for sharing. I hope you really like them. But like them, those authors, a hundred times, I will continue to support you because it's part. I appreciate that too. Like I, they know that I'm doing the work too. It's part of the reason, too, that I think that I tend to enjoy the books that are the unknown authors or the more, like, less talked about authors. Those tend to be the books that I want to give time and space to. Then, yes, you know, when mm-hmm. we first started doing the podcast, we would chase the Amazon, you know, like, oh, this author has book one, two, or three in the Amazon Kindle store. Maybe we should do a quick shot on this book because it's, you know, everybody's obviously reading it. We should make sure we're getting in on some of those numbers and those reads, right? And it was really, it made me really, it was dissatisfying to do it. There was no, there was no enjoyment. There was no gain for me, for us on the podcast. And that's, now it, I want it to be more organic. You know, I want Heather to read this book and be like, oh, my God, Becky, this is so cute. We absolutely should talk about this title. Um, or like, uh, you know, one of us finds a new author and we're like, oh, my God, have you read this author yet? And everyone's like, no, I haven't read it. OK, well, and then everybody loves it. Like, I like those moments better than chasing the ones that are hitting high in the Amazon store. Well, and if you're chasing releases then that's for me that's where some of my burnout came from that I was constantly trying to read and read the new release because there's new releases like every day right and if you if you look at every author that I've read I mean the schedule could be busy beyond belief and I go back to you know 15 books a month which is not sustainable right um so having stepping back from that and being able to read from a place of based on what my friends are talking about and what this group talks about and what my mood reading is and then is a much better place for me because then I can discover I can discover authors backlists authors that I've read before that I haven't gone through their backlist um and or new to me authors or books that were published three years ago um because authors still make money they make money off their backlists right and there's a lot of great there's a lot of great books out there that i haven't read so so for me pulling away from chasing every single new release all new releases was super helpful i think that's the thing that maybe wears people 
the exhaustion is that there are so many amazing authors and so many amazing books. Yeah, that's a really good point. We lose that backlist. We lose those moments of finding the organic finding that title Mm -hmm. or that author um, by not chasing the trends. And I've never been a trendy girl, so I don't know why I thought I should be chasing the trendy books. (laughs) Like, I'm not sitting at the cool kid table, so I really should just be okay. And I am because like, I think about, so one of the things that, so I feel like for myself, my reader burnout, my TBR exhaustion came from chasing the trends and arcs, right? Like wanting to stay relevant, wanting to stay on the cusp of things. And it made me start to not like reading because I wasn't having those organic moments where like, if I think about how I found hockey romance, I was on the wait list for a reread of an older book on my library and it suggested that if you liked this book, then you should try this book. And so then I read Lauren Lane's, her Oxford and Stiletto series, which if you haven't read that series, it's really great. Um, and then under a Lauren Lane book was a recommendation for this book called Alex by Sawyer Bennett. And I was like, hmm, what's this? Oh, it's hockey? Hockey romance? This is a thing? And that was back in 2016. And I dove in and I could not get those books fast enough. And then as I was waiting on the wait list for the next one in the Carolina Cold Fury, I then found this other author, Kelly Jamison. And the joy and the memories I have when I look at those books of like that organic, natural feeling of finding them, that was so happy in reading. It was like, that's why I wanted to do the podcast. That's why I want to talk about books. And doing all the social media and doing all the trends just stopped making it fun. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big part of mine too. And then, you know, Carolina bringing up the new releases, like, I didn't really think about that, but it's, that's definitely part of mine because I, I kind of stopped chasing the trends a little bit, but I just feel overwhelmed with trying to keep up with the authors that I love and then trying to find new ones because you want to keep finding new ones. You want to keep chasing that organic feeling and just having those, those situations come up. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been a tough year reading wise anyway. Yeah. I feel like I have obviously read a ton of arcs, but I look at the list and they are my like favorite, favorite, favorites. Like, but um, they all kind of bunch together too. I feel like September and October, there are a ton of releases, but there's usually a lull. Like they kind of come in bursts. Um, I obviously have been a hockey fan like my whole life. Um, and so hockey romance for me is not a. No, hockey wouldn't be trendy. Ever see myself. Yeah. Ever. Hockey wouldn't be trendy for you. It's just a reaffirmation of what you know and love. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Carolina, what do you think is causing your burnout currently? Or would you say you have burnout right now? Are you kind of in a good space? Um, 
I think I, I mean, there's a certain level of, I have to think about it because I feel like there's a certain level of burnout only because I've, I haven't been able to, I've had to step away from some stuff, right? Like of commitments, um, because I only have so much time and there is, um, you know, just some books that I haven't loved. I, I just haven't had as many wow books as I feel like I had in the past couple years. Um, and so really being able to step back and step back from arcs, um, one, which I think, it, which will continue for me into the next year, because that's not going to change. Um, I do want to get back to posting and being on Instagram more regularly, uh, because I do enjoy that. Um, it's a creative outlet for me to talk about books that I love and creating those posts. Um, so there's a little bit, but I've also just, I haven't loved the books as much lately. You know, I haven't had as many five-star reads this year. Um, I could probably count five-star reads on one hand that I've had this year, maybe two. I just haven't had them. So it's, I've had less books that I've been excited to rave about. Yeah. Which is disappointing because I I want I want to love the books. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just meh. Yeah. Not working. Mm-hmm. Um Amanda, what do you think is causing your current burnout feels other than just releases and a lot of it right now is just my mood. Um mm-hmm. I get kind of moody around my birthday. Same friend. Um, Same. So it's, uh, you know, you get that whole like, oh, well, what am I even doing with my life right now? Like it's another year, like, you know, what's happened. And so, you know, and it just books don't hit the same. If I'm just being in a moody place, I guess. And um, I, I do feel like I haven't read as many five-star new releases this year unless it's an author that I just love pretty much everything they write for the most part um and I have a few of those and I've had some good releases for that this year but my biggest like five-star reviews have come from backlist binge this year I think um and that's been good I mean that's the mood has forced me to do that so I think that's been a really good thing, but I, I honestly just feel like it's just, just, just been me yeah. um, for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Heather, what's causing your burn- burnout, you think? Um, I I think the drama in like book talk. Um, I used to like going on book talk and get book recommendations or kind of find the hidden gems on there. That was like a thrill for me. Um, and then just this, the end of the summer, it just got to be gross and I didn't, I didn't like what the community was turning into. So I kind of shut down and kind of became recluse and started just reading what I wanted to read. What I will say is I do like for our community is I can turn off BookTok. I've taken TikTok off mm-hmm. my phone, um, a couple different times this summer, but I can always tune into our discord and find somebody that's happy about books. And that 
is affirmation and and that helps me keep going like you know people are still finding books they like i just need to get back to that headspace yeah i agree there's always and i think honestly that's where like the overwhelm like people are like you have to read this book i really want you to read this book and then you're like, I know, but like, there's these like five books that I really want to read. Like, I know that you want, you like this book, but these are the five I really want to read. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I did something. So let's talk about how we refresh and self-care. And one of the things that somebody had said, and it made me think, because I was talking to a friend and they said, well, what about unplugging? You know, like when we get tired of TV or social media, we unplug. Now, I will say over Readers on the River, I did not read on the Saturday and my Kindle streak (laughs) reset. That's the worst. And I was so sad. I was going to say, did you cry? I did. I freaking would. I can, if you had told me, I could tell you how to fix it because I had to do that. It's fine. It shouldn't bother me as much as it does. (laughs) I couldn't stand it. But no, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. podcasts and books are kind of my thing. So unplugging or unshelving, I don't think I could do it. Plus, I really don't want to fuck up my (laughs) Reading, reading insights. I, I'm a slave to that thing. I I, that's one of that's one of the things that I wish I could turn off on the Kindle. Like <laughs> I have because yeah. it it produces an anxiety that I do not need in my life. That's I'm I have goals like that cause me stress and if I'm not meeting them as it on my own I don't need my kindle to tell me that like my streak my hundred day streak is gone because I forgot to like put my wife my kindle on wi-fi like you know it just is madness I do not need that in my life yeah I it, I feel I hate to use the word trauma because it's so like deep and wrong to use in this term. But like I remember the last time my streak was broken, and we were in Florida for my friend's 40th birthday, and so clearly it was 100% worth my streak. Right. But that was like how many years? And <laughs> so. I make sure I open my damn Kindle app every day on my phone just and like flip through a book just because I don't want my streak to be missed. It's so stupid. Same. I do the same thing. And mine sometimes even won't register. Like I have to go in there and make sure that it got it because the day that I missed, I I read on purpose that morning because I knew we were going to be busy and then it still messed up. So I went in and hacked it and redid the day because I read that day. I did that one time with book club. Oh my God, this is the best. So book club ran late one day and I always read at night before I go to bed. Like that's how I shut my brain off. I put my cell phone down. I done with social media and I read for at least an hour before I can go to sleep. Like it's part of my nightly routine. 
but book club had gone really long and I was pretty tipsy, but it was okay. I changed the date on my Kindle. <laughs> and, and the time zone. And the time zone and rolled it back three hours and read for like five minutes. So it registered. And then in the morning when I woke up, I put it to the right time. So <laughs> This is a problem, people. This is a problem. It shouldn't matter that much, but it does. <laughs> I know. So, like, I want to be the person that just doesn't care. Same. Like, to give zero fucks about yeah. it. I want to be. We're not that person. I'm not sure we'll no, ever be that person. person. Obviously, none of us are that person. Well, Carolina is apparently that oh. person because she stopped looking. <laughs> I Yeah, I had to. I don't. And there's occasions, you know, when they do their seasonal, like, their summer stuff it pushes it down because they do those those like bookmark challenges like you have to earn different stuff mm-hmm. to get them and so I like those because I have I don't care about those challenges like I ignore them completely Me too. Um, but mm-hmm. I yeah I have to because I just I recognize that it gives me anxiety and I will get I will get fussy and bitchy about it and Joe's like what's wrong with you and I go into a tirade and then you like, you like take a step back and hear yourself. Like, oh yeah. Like this is a problem. So I stopped looking at it. Um, and you're like total first world problems. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so how do we refresh? What is the self-care that we need to be having right now in order to kind of combat this burnout and these exhaustion feels, um, so one of the ideas I had, and I did it this week, you guys, and Heather is flipping out. I met I am. What, Amanda? I did see you do that. Okay. I, I was just remembering what you did. I mass removed. I went into my Goodreads and I mass revo- removed every book that I had under the want to read shelf. I masked removed them. Oh. I then went into my Kindle and outside of the one book I am reading, I returned every KU book on my on my Kindle app. And I'm wow. starting yeah. over. I have a stomachache thinking about <laughs> doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm the the whole um good read one getting rid of the want to read ones. Yes. Like, I, I think that's brilliant. Like I, I have no problem. Like that's a great idea. Adding it to my list of like, I should do that. The... Because if you enter a giveaway, like on Goodreads, it automatically puts it to your want to read shelf. Right. How many times have authors had like early on when we were doing things in 2000, they would have like a Facebook party and you add mm-hmm. the shelf Yep. To the you add your book to your want to read shelf. You take a screenshot and share it over to Facebook for a chance to win something, which yeah, I never won shit, people. Um, but I, Amanda and Heather are like I did, I did, <laughs> I never did. Um, I've won some Goodreads giveaways, but I've not won anything from. I've anything. never won anything from Goodreads. Yeah, neither have I. Um, neither. But so there were tons of books there. And I needed them gone. I just need them gone. And you, but, you do it in one click? 
Yeah, if you go to your edit your shelves, you can the secondary the secondary box will show up under search, mm-hmm. and it says batch edit, and I okay. would it does it in groups of thirty. You hit click, it highlights them all, and you hit delete all, and then it confirms, and then you delete everything. Yes, I've re- I've removed a few like singly, but then. I'll listen to the podcast and add 30 more. So I've been really getting anywhere with that. So the idea is appealing, um, especially since we have the spreadsheet for the podcast now and I can sort that because a lot of what I have on my shelves are from the podcast. Yeah. So now Mm -hmm. that I have a searchable document, I don't need that as much anymore. And that's probably a really good idea for me. I love the idea of deleting all the Kindle um, checkouts. I did that. I had downloaded a whole bunch of Mafia. And then I think you and I kind of got into a slump and we were like, we can't get into anything. And I think I returned a whole bunch and it felt so good. Yeah. I'm at the spot where I want Amazon to give me more than 20 do you remember a year we ago when you were yelling we at me because I had 20 before you had 20 and you were like flipping the fuck out? You're like, I'm, I only have 10. How do you have 20? And I'm like, I don't even know how I got the 20. I know. I'm telling you it's stupid. It's like, it's like that um, stuff your Kindle day where you download all these books. And I'm like, why am I downloading these? Like, I'm not going to read them. Why am I? Re- why did I download them? Now, I, I will know. say I don't delete those because, like, our book club pick in October is uh, "Rough" by Vanessa Vale and Renee Rose, and it's a free first in series. Hmm. And I had already, I had downloaded it as a free first in series, so I had it, and I didn't have to worry about you know if I was going to have because it's not a Ku book, so. I did some keyword searches on some of the books that I downloaded and they didn't have those keywords. So I deleted them. I was like, well, what keywords would those be, Heather? Well, uh, let's see. (laughs) There's quite a few. (laughs) My husband goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing a keyword search. And if they don't have these, he's like, what words are coming out of your mouth? (laughs) I said, if they don't have them in there, they don't belong on my Kindle. Um, Carolina, are you going to delete all your Goodreads, Want to Reads? Yeah, I'm try- actually trying to figure out how to do it right now, but it's <laughs> not working right. So we might have to have like a walkthrough sure. share screen situation Tutorial. to make sure on how to do this. Yeah, I am all about the Goodreads one. Um, the, the Amazon KU one, I do that sporadically on my own. Like I'll keep certain things or clear it all together. Um, sometimes... Um, I, because I like will highlight passages I really like, or I'll put some notes in, um, I'm that person. Like, that's why I love the e-readers because otherwise I'd be had like highlighters and all these like little note tabs. It's easier because then I can export it and everything. So sometimes I sit there until I can export them. Um, no, there's a website you can go and anything you highlight and all your notes will show up in your Kindle. That's from your Kindle. It's part mm. of, it's an Amazon, it's part of Amazon in your Kindle. It's the... Even if you return it? Yes. It's the Kindle um, reader, web reader. I don't know. I'll send you the link. Yeah. Send me the link. Because um, um, I so do, yeah. do that. 
Yeah, I'll go yeah. back to pull quotes and I'll grab them yeah. off of that website versus going and thinking around with oh, my phone. Oh, yeah, I need that link. Um, I think half of, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Carolina. Yeah, no, I, so that one I do sporadically already. I think I was just going to say, I had, I leave the 20 in my Kindle borrows because I think about half of those are actually books that they took out of Kindle. And I borrowed them before mm. out of KU and I borrowed them before they went out of KU so that I don't have to buy them when I finally get around to reading them. Yeah. But yeah, those are the, that's, that's about, I think that's half of my 20 borrows right now, but, but I do the same. I save it so I can highlight posts. So. Yeah. There's a website you can grab your already highlights and your notes off of. Um. Okay, so apparently that's very um, new age thinking to delete all your wants <laughs> off of Goodreads. Um, what is one thing you wish you did better when it came to your reading habits and your TBR? What's one thing you th wish that you were better at doing? Racking. Tracking all the different things when we talk about episodes, all the like small little the microtropes, <laughs> the microtropes, the like the silly little nuances about stuff. Um, that's the analytical part of my brain. That I also give that up because that takes a lot of work, and who's got time for that? Um, one of the things that I'm trying to do is set some like intentional reading time. That's, it's more of like that self-care, not just the, hey, let's read before bed, you know, as the wind down, but like have that enjoyable, um, you know, outside on the patio reading with a cup of tea or a cocktail, like sitting you know, curling up on the couch and reading in the afternoon. Um, I tend to, by nature, kind of overschedule my days of because I am a to-do list kind of girl and I always have something on my to-do list. And so making that time to just sit and read and enjoy that um, is something I want to do more of. Um, what about you, Amanda? What is one thing you wish you did better when it came to your reading habits and your TBR? Um, I think I, I wish that I would kind of track how I'm feeling as I'm reading a book. Um, and I think this is probably also part of why I have burnout is when I go to write a review, I have a really hard time writing it unless I've made notes while I'm reading. And, you know, I do that a lot for my arcs, but I don't do it enough for books that I read normally and then I want to write a review to either you know ha encourage people to read it or promote it or whatever and then I go to write the review and I'm like I I can't like put it together so <laughs> I wish that I kind of like just tracked how I was feeling you know if I'm going to write a review I wish I would be better about tracking that yeah um what about you Heather what's one thing you wish you did better when it came to your reading habits and your TBR well, I think it kind of goes along the line with tracking, but it's like thinking about like my top reads for the year. I'm going through multiple sources, like my Instagram, Goodreads, um, 
and I just haven't found a good way to track my books. I do like the what Amanda said about like how I was feeling. Um, it so far it's just if I see the book and I remember it so many months later obviously it was a good book like if there are lots of things I can remember about it and if I totally forgot I read the book well clearly it wasn't a really great book um as for goodreads like when I do the review there's like buttons I don't know if that makes sense but like when you put your review like you get to shelve them mm -hmm. that's been helping me a lot more having different shelves um I don't really do a great job of tracking my audiobooks, and I listen to probably two or three audiobooks a week. I think audiobooks are a little harder to review, too, because it doesn't automatically link to your Goodreads like mm -hmm. your Kindle okay. does. So you can't just put those right stars in as, at the end of a book, right? Um, right. I... So, Tracking is not my problem because I do have the blogger planner, the year planner that I made for myself that has the in the front of it, every book that comes into my Kindle, into my to be read list gets put into the blogger uh, planner that I have. And then after I read it, you know, it, it helps me keep track of dates of when things are due, when they were published. But then I also have like a small square where I can put my feelings about the book as I was reading it. But we do create a reading journal for our Patreon members. And I did hear from like Liz and a couple other people that use them. They love them. They think that that really has helped them keep track of kind of like basic vibes of the book. Um, I tend to write in my planner, like I tend to go with the... Um, the trope listing and like I'll list the tropes, the characters, and then like it works or no, this didn't work for me or I wish it had something because it's a very small space, but it's enough to prompt like a thought in my head. Like, Oh, why did I, what did I feel? About? Oh yeah. Look, it says didn't work for you or whatever. Yeah. I think part of my problem is too, is, I will, you know, if I'm doing it while I'm reading, that's when I have a better time with it. Because a lot of times if I'm in a really good reading space, if I'm, you know, just I'm able to read, then I will immediately start another book after the one I finish. And I will just completely get into another book and I have to be better about stopping if I'm going to write a review and, you know, taking that book in at the time mm -hmm. without starting another one immediately. Um, I... Yeah. And early on in my arc reading, reading for review process, I made myself kind of a, um, a, a pattern, a list of habits. So as soon as I'm done with a book, if it's already out, I will put the stars in. Um, and then, then if, it, if I can't do it right then, because it's at night, like, you know, I'm in bed already. The first thing I do the next morning is write the review um, for that book. And I don't typically start the new book unless it's earlier in the evening. I won't typically start the new book until I've at least written in my planner the basic notes for the review. That's what I need to do. So I never did that. And then I started doing that this summer where I immediately finished the book and then I wrote the review. And that is much more efficient for me, I have realized. Um because 
it's fresh in your brain. The other thing I had done a couple of years ago, and I really, not until you guys started talking, did I think about it. There is a blogger. She does this cute little principle where it has books. Oh, your bookshelf poster? Oh. Like a bookshelf, like a spine. So then if it was like a hockey romance, it got a color. If it was romantic suspense, it got a color. Um, if it was an audio book, it got a color. And then it like at a glance, I could see like what I was really reading a lot of. And I think for me, that was more helpful. It, you know, and if it's night and I know that like, I want to start another book. Cause like, let's say we went to bed early and I finished the book at nine. I'm not going to bed before one. I just don't. Um, I'll write real quick notes into my note app on my phone. Um, so I can at least have some basics before I go into the, um, but then the problem with doing that is then I end up with a list of reviews and then I message everybody and be like, look, I have 14 reviews I need to write this week. <laughs> um, okay. Is there anything else we need to talk about with TBR exhaustion and reader review burnout? I think it, you need to give yourself permission to take mm -hmm. a step back, do what you need to do to for yourself and your family. Um, it's okay not never... to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's okay to take okay. a break. And it's okay to step away from a book. Stop reading a book if it's not jiving with you. Yep. Even like, if it's an arc. Even if it's, even an, if arc. it's an arc. Just mm -hmm. if it's not working, just there's so many more books you can read. Just put it down. I agree. And you owe an author nothing. If you have an arc and you're feeling pressured, don't. You don't owe them your peace of mind in your space because really you aren't going to necessarily vibe with that book then, right? Like there's an right. off chance that if you are feeling grumpy at with life and you're not feeling that book, that's going to, that feeling is going to carry to the end. And that could affect how you end up reviewing the book versus if you read that book while you're like, you know, in a great mood and really excited about something, then maybe the book will hit better. 100%. Um, okay, so guess what, guys? What? It's that time. Oh, no. It's time. Are we ready? No. It's time for book of oh. the oh. Week. week. It's book of the week time. Everybody's <laughs> like, no, I'm not ready. Wait. No. <laughs> It is. It's book of the week. Okay, Amanda, you're up first. What's your book of the week? Okay. Um, I had a, a slow reading week. I was out of town a little bit, but my book of the week, and I haven't finished it yet, is Marked for Disaster by Anna Blakely. That is book six in her Marked series. Um, it just came out at the beginning of September, and it's Ivan and Sarah's book. Um, they both have a, a lot of trauma in their pasts, and I'm looking forward to finishing it tonight to find out exactly how it's going to play out because she has a stalker so. a stalker i don't i love anna blakely i do too i, I just met her and she's the sweetest um okay we're gonna talk about that in a second <laughs> carolina what's your book of the week uh my book of the week is um shaken by bella matthews um it's new to me author um <laughs> talking talking about our amazon or our ku downloads so i actually had book three iced um saved in my ku borrows 
because somebody recommended it some something somehow it was recommended well I, it's on the list to do a quick shot it's on the qbr it's on the qsr quick shot tbr iced yeah yeah <laughs> maybe that was it i don't know why but i had it but then there's the the me that has to read in order i can't i cannot read out of order i cannot study it like becky can and so anyways so i've started it um or i've read book one and i finished book two yesterday um anyways shaken bella matthews um family series he owns a bar second chance romance she's back in town um it was actually like there was a lot more to the story than i was expecting um that i really liked about that and their and their second chance okay um heather what's your book of the week i am it's actually an audiobook um, it is Beloved by Corinne Michaels. It is an Audible Plus, um, but only until October 14th. So I downloaded it. Rachel texted me and said, hey, you better get on the series because it's coming out of Audible. Um, and I didn't know it was a duet. So now I'm hustling. So it's about a girl. Um, she's like a high powered. She is like kind of a boss babe kind of. And she finds her fiance cheating. It's falling for her, like kind of boss. And he owns like a security firm and very, I'm loving it so far. It's not dual point of view. It's only her point of view. But then I guess book two is dual point of view. So it's super interesting. And I'm, I'm interested where it's going. There's some things where I texted Rachel and I was like, okay, um, Rachel, you got to give me some spoilers, and she won't give me spoilers. What? I'm like, Rachel. No. That's she's like, no, nope, I'm not. She was like, normally would never do this to you, but you have to read it, and I was, and it's so good. <laughs> what, Carolina? No, she. I, that surprises me about Rachel. So yeah, usually like, she gives all the spoilers. Yeah, she's usually all about it. That's... I know, and but she said it's so worth it. So. I also trust her implicitly. So yeah, I was like, it must be if she's not telling you. That that says a lot coming from Rachel. Yeah. So, um, for sure. So, my book of the week is it's a newer to me author that a community member, Stacy, had recommended to me a while ago. It's this is The Beauty and Scars by M.L. Philpitt. It is book three in her Fractured Fairy Tale series. This is the Beauty and the Beast retelling, and she is the beast. She's the one that's been kept Ooh. from society. She has the scars on her face, um, and he's the mafia prince, the the third son that nobody has any expectations, the playboy, the one everybody loves. And um, M.L. Philpitt is a newer-to-me author in the last couple months like I said Stacy recommended and each book is a fractured fairy tale and there is a kink that lines up to each book so book one is Cinderella's retelling and if we think about Cinderella the kink in that book is primal kink the chase she leaves at midnight she has to be chased so 
book two is um, Sleeping Beauty. Now, there's no, um, there's none of that kink. Can't think of it at the <laughs> Somnophilia. moment. Somnophilia. Som- oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Somnophilia. There is not that kink. Um, but it's more about like the hidden away. And I guess that one's not as kinky. That one was a little bit more emotional. Um, but he has to be in control and he is like a fierce, growly protector. Like, these all sound so good. It's a bodyguard, mm-hmm. and she he is one of the soldiers of her mafia family. And like in Sleeping Beauty, she's been held at a nunnery by the sisters, whose names are like Meriwether, Fauna, and Flora, which are the names of the like fairies. Fairies. Um, those were the sisters that raised her. And she's been brought back to the family and he's her bodyguard and he has to protect her. Well, this third book is Beauty and the Beast. And the kink is voyeurism, you guys. Like, and it's so fucking hot. Anyway, ML Philpitt, I'm going to be on her for a while. Like, there's six books, I think, in this series out right now. Um, The next one is Rapunzel. And the hero, he is Flynn. And he is the family enforcer. And there's like a little snippet in Beauty and the Scars where uh, Rosalind, you know, Rapunzel, uh-huh. is being held in. He has her on a chain leash. Anyway, oh. so I'll let you know how it goes. Um, anyway, did I sell you on those books yet? Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're so good and they're in Kindle Unlimited and like. I can't believe more people aren't talking. It's kind of like that Amanda Richardson's book, like that Pray Tell and Mary Lies. Like, I can't believe more people aren't talking about these books because it's dark. It's mafia, but there's consent. There's absolute consent, at least in these first three. Um, They're not overly violent, although I guess Beauty and the Scars is kind of violent, but it's expected violence, you know. It's not over-the-top violence. It is mafia, so you expect some violence, right? Um, Okay, so Patreon update. Welcome to new member, Amy. Um, We are super excited that you're here, Amy. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. But We have some big anniversaries. So first up, celebrating one year in the hive is Sue T., Sue, what we are so glad you've been here for a year, and we look forward to continuing to have you in the hive. Um, our very own Ophelia is celebrating two years as a member of the hive. And again, so excited to have her here. She's just a delight and adds so much to the um, to the community. And celebrating three years in the hive. And these are our founding members of our Patreon. And one of them is here with us, Miss Heather is one of our Yay. founding members. Yay. So celebrating three years in the hive are Mindy, Carrie, Nikki, and Heather. And so we are so grateful for all of you. And I can't believe it has been three years of this podcast and everything. You guys are amazing. And thank you so much for supporting us. Um, swag packs are headed out this week. I am so excited to share that October swag pack sponsors for this month are Laura Lynn Page, Angelina M. Lopez, Mary Carr, and Michaela Smetzler. And um, Amanda, 
It's the coaster. I know. I'm so excited. For Loretta's. I want that coaster so bad. <laughs> Um, swag packs go out to Fancy Drinks, Cold Brew, and Queen Bee tier, and we still have fun buzzing about romance-exclusive stickers, mood reading cards, and other fun things. These are mailed monthly in and around the 5th, 10th of the month, and we do ship these internationally. There is no wait time on... Oh, this is wrong. There is a little bit of a wait time on this perk. This These only get shipped out on the 10th of each month, so if you join in October... Before I mail the package, you will get October's. If you join after the 10th of the month, you will not get your first package until November. I had to make some changes because keeping track of things, it was taking time and my brain couldn't handle it. It just, so, um, just so you're aware, uh, because of our amazing Patreons, we're able to bring you three episodes a week, and we're still working on our goal of 75 members so we can plan our first ever book retreat. All members of the Patreon get exclusive episodes along with perks like Buzzing Book Club. And we are one month out from the HEA Readers event in Indianapolis, Indiana. There are still tickets available, and we would love to have you join us for our first ever Buzzing About Romance meetup. Uh, Carolina will be there. I will be there. Jenny will be there. Um, and so we promise so much fun and a good time. And then I don't know if you heard, but we are recording our first ever live episode at the Barnes and Noble in Maumee, Ohio on November the 18th. We'll be joined by some amazing romance authors, Jennifer Hartman, Samantha Gale, Piper Rain, Callie Mel, Emily Silver, Brianna Michaels, Dr. Rebecca Sharp, and Janice Whitaker. We'll all be there. Um, on that Saturday and we'll be doing a live episode with them so it's going to be so much fun you can find a list of all of our events at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events including happy hours IG lives and book club um, but also subscribe to our newsletter because that will also give you um, all the going ons because I think we're also bringing back mug Monday I got bullied into mug Monday coming back <laughs> um, that's for Gretchen and Liz I think I don't know, <laughs> uh, but we, we have themes. There's information on the website. Um, anyway, everyone, thank you so much for hanging out with me and talking about TBR exhaustion and reader burnout. Thanks for having us. Um, until next time, everyone, happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzing about romance or on Twitter at buzzing romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 